Hello there. This is the Crunchy Christian Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am a master herbalist, aromatherapist, author, speaker, blogger, and veteran homeschooling mama of four. You can learn more about how I can equip you to pursue God's best naturally at my website, julienaturally.com. And now, today's show. Hey, everybody, it's Julie on Crunchy Christian Podcast, where we talk about all things green and growing that God gave us. Today, we are continuing our interview series uh, with speakers from the Family Wellness Conference. And today I have with me Karen Stevenson. Karen is the founder of Edible Wild Food, and she is an herbalist and she's a naturalist. And I just love this. She is an acute canine herbalist. How many times do you come across somebody like that? I just love it. Love it. So we are going to talk with her today about wild food. Just going out and gathering God's greatness from nature and using it in your life. So Kieran, tell us a bit about how you became interested in wild edibles. I would have to put it back to my teenage years. And trust me, that's going back a ways. (laughs) (laughs) But I grew up in a neighborhood in which there were not a lot, maybe, you know, just a handful of Italian families. And it was common, a common sight to see the Italian women collecting dandelions. And when I asked my parents about that, they just said, well, that's just what the Italians do. I thought, okay. And my mom, may she rest in peace. She tried her best, but she was, I hate to say it. She was like a typical British (laughs) um cook you could say and so our meals were not very exciting when it came to exploring new flavors and spices Mm -hmm. and so when I moved out that's what I started to do I started to get uh, a little bit more adventurous in the kitchen and and maybe after about a year or two after I was thinking about those Italian women and I thought wait a minute wait a minute because I'm looking at the dandelions I'm going you know what, if they're good enough for them, it's good enough for everybody. So, and you got to keep in mind, this is back in the day, there was no internet, there was no, this, yeah. you know, you wanted information, you hightailed it to your local library, and you went yeah. through Britannica Encyclopedia. <laughs> yep. so there really wasn't a lot of print information back then. So, um, and I'll, that was, I'll date myself, that was back in the 70s. And, um, and I thought, okay, so I started incorporating the dandelions. And, and I thought, you know what, this, this is incredible because there has to be more. Like it just can't be, you know, God wouldn't just put dandelions on the planet. There has to be more <laughs> of these plants. And I started examining all these different plants going, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I have to admit, I, I broke the cardinal rule where I never tested some of the plants on myself. I would just eat them first just to see, oh, what does this taste like? <laughs> you know. So don't I don't recommend anybody to do that. Absolutely not. Um, (laughs) and then it was just one plant led to another. And I guess Mm -hmm. you could say I went into a holding pattern for quite a few years and, 
And then, of course, I became a mother and uh, with three children. And, and as you can appreciate, <laughs> times get real busy when you've got three kids. Yes. And I did have them very close together in age. So that wild aspect was was put on hold for a little while. And then one day, it was I was looking at the goldenrods one autumn it, well, it was late late august mm. and i'm looking at the sea of yellow going okay that's the next one you've got to be good for something <laughs> you, you there wouldn't be as many um with, you know just with no purpose there has to be a purpose well needless to say that was the floodgates and that opened up and i went from one plant to another and and that's uh where it all started oh that sounds awesome now did you did you live in an in a suburban or country environment like how did, did you see suburban. all these yeah suburban sadly suburban yeah okay so yeah so you I mean it seems to me like it, it took a little while for for the development to take over some of those lots and those uh those big open areas that would be interspersed within all of the houses. Um, I, I grew up in kind of a similar well, kind of environment where it was like this open field that's not quite developed, but it's going to be part of the suburb, suburb, <laughs> and then some empty lots and stuff mixed in just outside Chicago, you know, so it's like kind of... <laughs> Well, as much as living living yeah. in the suburbs growing up, and unfortunately to this day, although we, my husband and I now are looking to get out uh, to find a nice uh, hobby farm, but um, but for the most part, even though living in the suburbs, I'm north of Toronto, and I've always been so incredibly grateful that there are a lot of forests, a lot of green mm. areas. Um, so that that's a blessing. Yes, yes, they always have those nice areas like that to explore. So. Um, what led you to start educating people about wild edibles? So you had this journey of learning yourself um, and being really curious. Then I'm you got educated in a more formal way. I'm it was part of your journey. And then how how did you um, just segue that into teaching others about the wild edibles? The I uh, for donkey's years I've I've been a um, a writer, a researcher, and I've blended that okay. with being a social worker, a social service worker as well. And in 2009, I started coming across certain articles on the internet. They resonated with me, not as being misinformation, but because of scripture and uh, revelations and thinking, you know what, a lot of what I'm reading, even though the articles had absolutely nothing to do uh, with the Bible, um, ba basically these articles were saying that in the future there will be food shortages. There's going to be food mm. prices going through the roof. Uh, people are going to be uh, struggling to put a, a decent meal on their plate. Mm. And of course, at that point, the social worker he comes out, and, and I thought, no, this can't be the case. No, because no matter what you have or what you don't have, if you have some knowledge, which costs nothing really then you can have the most nutrient dense meal uh, to serve to your family every day. And, and it just kind of, it, I don't know, it hurt me to know that people, and even back then there were, obviously there was still some uh, food sustainability uh, uh, issues. And mm -hmm. 
my husband being the techie guru that he is, uh, <laughs> we decide, I said to him, I said, we got to help somebody. We got to help people. We just somehow. And he said, okay, well, let's do a website. And um, 2010, I spent pretty much the entire year going out there doing photography, mm-hmm. uh, research. Uh, I was taking herbalism courses back then as well, because of course, the first question people say are, what are your credentials? <laughs> and, well, there are no wild edible. <laughs> There's yeah. no college, um, but uh, although there are now, but um, and so I wanted to make sure that I had some credentials behind me to to validate that I know what I'm talking about. And August 2011, the the website went live. Awesome, yeah. Because I you have tons of information on there. It's it's really amazing. Like you could find so so many. Uh, plants and mushrooms and uh, just all kinds of things on there. It's really um, pretty extensive from what I could, from what I could see. It's very impressive. And I would recommend that everybody go and check out edible wild food. (laughs) It's really, you'll, you'll learn a lot. You talked a little bit about one of the key things about why edible wild food being that it can sort of insulate you against food shortages. You alluded to that a little bit. Can you talk just a little bit about why people should incorporate wild foods into their diet? Don't, don't talk too much about it because I know you're going to talk about it in your workshop. <laughs> so, you know, so just, just to give people a little taste, uh, why, why, why do that when the grocery stores seem to be full and it seems almost mythical that, you wouldn't be able to find things to eat. Although I don't know, maybe, maybe not so much in recent, recent months here, but, but yeah, if you could share a little bit about that. Yeah. It's, um, I, I'll, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to leave out that piece because I will be getting into that with my presentation in terms of uh, food mm-hmm. uh, shortages, uh, interruptions to the, the sup- uh, supply train, mm-hmm. which from all indications seems to be a possibility. But that's that's a different kettle. <laughs> but this, this kettle I got going here. Um, bottom line, there is no secret that soils are nutrient depleted. They are, we, and this yeah. is not this is not a, a, revela- a new revelation. This has been going on. Uh, people have been warning, uh, and this is coming from the USDA website. So this isn't some yeah. wa- you know wacky website somewhere <laughs> saying you know oh guess what because you know how a lot of people they get the websites going and they want the clickbaits and yeah, but, yeah. Uh, even the USDA themselves say that we've got a problem with the soil. So bottom line, bottom line, if our vegetables are being grown in nutrient depleted soils mm-hmm. and we're eating these nutrient depleted vegetables, yeah. yeah. We are now nutrient depleted and our health as a society is the clear blinking warning (laughs) sign that this is reality. And wild edible foods are a wonderful, wonderful way to increase your nutrients every day. Doesn't cost you a dime and it saves you a bundle at the uh, health food store getting supplements. And it's a great way to teach kids about the importance of plants, right? Like get them out and see where food really comes from. And, um, yeah. And, <laughs> and, it's, how, and they're vital yeah. to the ecosystem. They yes. are absolutely vital to the ecosystem. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, those, those weeds have purpose. They're not actually weeds, <laughs> yeah. you know, 
they're very important medicinally and uh, and culinary. Uh, they're very important. What are some things to remember when foraging, though? Is that some people may be kind of afraid to go out and do that. Some I, I've heard people say oh, it just looks like a sea of green. I don't know what's what. I don't know, you know, which things are safe. Um, what What are some things um, that you could recommend to people who want to get started on that? It can be exceedingly overwhelming <laughs> when you're out there. And um, the one thing that I always recommend to people, if, if you have absolutely no knowledge beyond the dandelion, is if you're fortunate enough to have a front or backyard, a wonderful, if not, if you're in an apartment or a condo, go to your local park and take some string. If you physically have to take some string and draw yourself a square, or like with that piece, with that string mm-hmm. and examine only the plants that are within that 12 by 12 square. Mm. And chances are you're going to find some clover in that square. You're going to find some dandelion. You're going to find probably some creeping Charlie. Um, and, uh, and those are three plants that I think are pretty much in every continental state yeah. <laughs> and province yeah. up here in Canada. Yeah. So, but that's the best way to start is small. I've come across individuals who are, they get supercharged with energy. I love it because I'm a high energy person. So it's like, oh, this is trouble because, you know, you're feeding off each other. And, um, but to those who are very, uh, who are like that, I always uh, stress, start small because the last thing you want to yeah. do is make yourself a bad mistake that's going to land you up and emerge. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that, that's some great ideas. Um, that's something that, that, uh, that I, I, I like to tell people when they're teaching their kids about observing nature is to start with that, like make your hands like a magnifying glass, like a big circle and just study what, what is there and learn what's there. And that's, that's great. It's so fun to to talk to somebody who says the same things. That's great. (laughs) We're all, we're all, we're all all, uh, on the same page. It's, it's, it's great. So you grew up in in the suburbs and we don't, I mean, we have access to some forests or we could do that, or, or maybe sometimes you can't pick out of those, some of the protected areas, they won't let you pick anything besides learning and the, the circle or the square that, uh, those plants, like how, how would you advise going about finding plants to forage once you've gotten beyond just studying plants square by square like that? How do you, how do you find uh, things to eat in that kind of Uh, environment? Explore different areas because when you're checking out that square, whether it be your backyard or your local park, the environment is the same. So what you want to do next is move to a totally different environment. If there is an area nearby in which there are disturbed soils, Mm then you're going to find plants growing left, right, and center out of those. And, <laughs> and they're pretty much all edible too. Uh, so you want to find different habitats, disturbed soils, forests, um, maybe near a, a creek or a river. But And if, yeah, if you go near creeks or rivers or actually anywhere where there's a lot of brush, you got to be careful. Just watch those ticks. Make sure you protect it. Okay. Great. Do you have any last things that you would like to share with us? You have one one little nugget that you'd like to close with. All I can say is that if you incorporate 
wild foods into your daily diet, little by little, you are going to feel different. You are going to find you're feeling more energetic and and overall you it, it's just yeah it's how you feel it's and it costs nothing it's not an energy drink that's going to suck the life out of your kidneys and livers <laughs> it's not going to be but whether they do or they don't i don't know but sometimes i've seen the caffeine and the sugar content in those mm-hmm. it's like yikes but yeah it, it's just yeah incorporate a little day by day and uh, mm-hmm. over time you're going to see the see and feel a difference in your body awesome Awesome. So thanks, Karen, for talking to us about wild foods. And everybody, you can hear more from Karen, especially more about the benefits of wild foods for your body and uh, how you can go about doing that at the conference. So you could check out in the show notes, the Family Wellness Conference. There'll be a link there. You can find out a little bit more information. Um, that's coming to you in March. So thanks for joining us, Karen. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, we will see everybody next week. Thanks for joining us here on Crunchy Christian Podcast. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Show notes for today's broadcast can be found at crunchychristianpodcast.com. Hit the subscribe button now so you can join me next week. Until then, remember all you need is God, people, and growing things. God bless. God bless.